1: We either operate our lives from a place of fear or love. It alternates for some based on where they are in their process of growth or journey in life. The key to life is acceptance. Acceptance of who we are, where we are on our personal path, who others are, and where they are on their personal path. Shanna. Valeria interviews Shanna D., She is a certified integrative somatic practitioner, emotional healing coach, mental health advocate, and speaker. Shanna's dynamic background deep-rooted in life, health and wellness coaching, and expertise at guiding individuals through life's profound challenges, from addiction to major emotional transitions, has given her unparalleled insight into the myriad of challenges people face daily, and the ability to establish mindful connections and trust. With 15 years of experience guiding her clients as a holistic life and healing coach, and consulting for corporations and executives in the heartbeat of New York City, Shanna has seen one common thread. We all need to heal. Meet Shanna at shannad.com and TheHealCandle.com. Here's the interview with Shanna D.
0: In your own words, who is Shana D?
2: I am a mental health advocate. Um, by trade, I'm a certified integrative somatic practitioner as well as a healing coach. And as a somatic practitioner, I help my clients release past trauma that is stored and stuck in their bodies, which yeah can manifest as physical and emotional pain such as PTSD, anxiety, stress, depression. Yes, And my favorite part of my profession and what I do is my healing coaching practice, which is more focused on the present and providing tools to my clients for the future and primarily for romantic relationships.
0: Yes. That's wonderful, though. I do have an idea of what you do and how you do it. But I actually have a question for you, another open question. How did you come to do what you're doing today, Shannon? What inspired you? to be
2: here now (laughs) I always tell my clients that I'll never give them advice on anything that I haven't personally been through um so with that in mind you know I've been in many relationships in my life and I've experienced a wide variety of emotions and and feelings and things that have transpired and um so that's what guides me and what gives me I guess the the satisfaction or the fulfillment is a better word of helping others navigate those feelings and emotions.
0: Yes wow it seems like that's where most people come from. I remember reading something that you wrote about heal grow and then help others something like mm-hmm. that I think that was on Instagram. So it's true once we have gone through some healing have learned some powerful empowering lessons it feels natural doesn't it Shana to just share that or try to help others it seems to me Absolutely. like it's a, it's a natural process
2: it is and when you become the friend in the, in the friend group or the different friends groups who everyone goes to yeah
0: <laughs> right you right. kind yeah. of
2: starts to manifest into you know I'm really mm. good at this <laughs> so maybe I'm good at this <laughs> so yes. let's see if I can do something with this and that's mm. you know that's where it all started several years ago
0: right that is so I mean I have so much devotion for healing and spirituality which I connect both mm-hmm. of them and with that in mind do you feel that what you do has some let's say relationship to Spirituality, and if it does, how to do define spirituality?
2: I personally am a spiritual believer. Um, I don't pr- try to press or push uh, my clients to be anyway. Um, you are who you are, but I think it's it's inevitable and pretty clear that there's always a higher force or a higher power working in our favor and sometimes it may not feel that way Um, Um, but when we go through a traumatic experience and we come out of it and we do the healing and we do the processing and we do the growing I would say 10 times out of 10 we can look back at it and say okay there was a reason for that and this is what I learned from that and that comes from a greater source because if it were up to us mm, we yes. wouldn't leave we wouldn't budge huh. we wouldn't change mm.
0: yes I do feel that way too it's I call it being guided so that's you you're making reference to that like going looking back and it feels that way oh I've been guided to be here mm-hmm. and I, I know for some people it sounds very abstract but it's For me, it doesn't. It's so clear that I have been guided to be here. And that's what I call spirituality. But in a sense, it goes a little bit deeper into it in the aspect of helping others. It's something that becomes less personal and more universal. That's how I see it. It it starts almost as we take everything personally, and then we are healing our personal wounds and all that. But then at Mm -hmm. some point, it, it becomes a lot more universal in the sense of broad the big picture of life and then you just wanted to open up and love everyone and help everyone so Mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel that way Shauna but I do
2: I do especially when I you know hear stories or read things um, and I see the pain and I feel and I hear Mm. the pain in people's voices or what they're going through and and either having been there or been in a similar situation I it's like I have I have at least the answer for what worked for me and I would and I want to share that and you know provide the guidance that I was given.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's what I call universal. It's a universal Mm -hmm. energy. So the topic of our conversation today is healing from emotional trauma in relationships. So I Mm -hmm. guess the open question about that, the first one that came to me was about trauma. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about what trauma is and what trauma
2: isn't. Well, trauma is not the event. So I think that's a General misconception. Trauma is the emotional stuff that comes after the events. The and it manifests itself in, you know, unregulated emotions or um conflict, um, fear, anxiety, depression. Uh, PTSD, it it comes from, that's what it manifests itself into. And so getting at the source and looking back at what caused, what the event was, but more so what the emotions were that came with it and working through those is what's going to help heal you.
0: Mm, Yes. And that can take, would you say that it's always a long process or it could be actually a short one? In a sense of a few years of a few months.
2: Well, i I would love to tell you that healing is just a ten session. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be helpful. <laughs> yes, <that'll... laughs> that would be great. Yes, I could guarantee that, but I can't. Yes. So, um, uh-huh, it's yes. you know, we're we're healing effectively mm. all of our lives, right? It's true, it's, it's so a long term relationship with yourself, and mm. it's, it's a love affair with yourself of yes. of healing what mm. comes up because as life goes on you know, you're going to experience different events and different things and different feelings and as you grow as a person you're going to have different thoughts about things that you know doesn't coincide with how you used to feel and so it's just an ever-evolving changing thing um, but there are some fundamentals and you know it, it, that's what I work with with my clients is helping with the tools like you can get back to and and how to manage the triggers because we mm. all have triggers. That's just a thing.
0: Yeah, that's a you see. That's a misconception about healing, my right, Shana. That is a destination that we get there and stay there yeah. forever. It doesn't, yeah. no, it, it doesn't work that mm. way.
2: It doesn't work
0: that way. Yes, I know myself. Another question that I have about healing is: how would you describe? let's say, sufficient healing, what would be sufficient for to live, um, let's say, fulfilling life? Not really happiness. I usually go to inner peace, a peaceful life, joyful perhaps, because I don't define happiness and joy in the same way. I don't know if you do. So please uh, tell me your thoughts. But yeah, what would be sufficient healing for a fulfilling life,
1: per se?
2: I would say just being on that journey, you know, there's not an end game, like we said, for healing. Yeah. It's a continuous process and we have to work at it little by little, moment by moment, event by event to get better at it. And the goal is never to be perfect. Yes. It's not an attainable mm. goal. It should mm. never be a goal in any uh. area of your life. Um, it's just to become aware and master the ability to pause and to not react in a negative and damaging way. So my my personal belief is that when your first reaction to a trigger is no longer anger or jealousy or defensiveness or insecurity, but rather you begin to pause and reflect and recognize how you feel about what triggered you. And then you take the time and the mindfulness to respond in an honest and intense integrated or I'm sorry with integrity um, with the intention of understanding and resolution that's emotional maturity that's healing um, but it's very hard especially when you're emotionally involved and attached to someone and they're triggering wounds of yours that haven't healed yet so you know healing these wounds from from your past and providing tools that identify and effectively manage the triggers is, is where I would say, you know, you can do that.
0: Yeah. So that would be, I guess I use the term sufficient healing because I heard that before, I think probably mm-hmm. two years ago when it just came to me now. I remember talking about, I have been interviewing people about healing for so long now. And I remember this <laughs> therapist telling me, you know, it's all about sufficient healing. She said, I'm like, you know, that makes sense. Being sufficient enough. So then, the way you described, it's basically becoming more aware of our own triggers and Mm -hmm. how they manifest and what manifests them. And then what to do. Having the tools, as you said, beautifully said. Right. Yes. And the Uh first
2: one is always to pause. I mean, I I think that's the hardest one. It's so hard for me to do even. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, that initial reaction is... Should always be to pause.
0: Yeah. You see, uh, for me, it has been um, that pause. It's, it's very much something that happens also now. It has, has been happening more naturally. But mm-hmm. there's a time of the month when the menstruation, it's about, <laughs> then I can't pause. It. Then it's really, really, <laughs> makes it's so much harder to pause. Do you know why is that? Because just biology itself affects us. That much.
2: <laughs> uh, if I had the answer to that, I would be sitting in a yacht in the south of France.
0: Um, <laughs> yes, uh, possibly, by I
2: think. Yeah. I mean, I I wish I knew the answer to that. Um, I, you know, our emotions are heightened during that time, and it's obviously a time to go further inward, Mm. deeper inward and and acknowledge that about ourselves. I mean, when I'm Mm. in a relationship and I know that time is coming, I I say, okay, we're about three days out (laughs) from crazy or I don't know what and just FYI so you can understand where things are coming from yes. and that's really all I
0: can do uh oh yeah so it, there's a heads up right you let them know Yep,
2: there's a heads up
0: uh, wow I never thought about that it's gonna
2: be better but
0: <laughs> yes right letting them know about what's coming right it's like a storm yes. it's coming I don't know if it's going it's, to damage it's gonna be um will affect you less but right. it, it's still a storm
2: well, I think in the, and it's your partner's responsibility also to recognize that and understand that this is a real thing. And yes. mm. I need to have a little more grace. And mm. I need to you know, maybe put a little more distance between us if that's what it requires. Mm. Or, you know, just make those adjustments together so that you can weather the storm and come out of it okay.
0: <laughs> mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's a beautiful vision, though, for a, almost sounds like very harmonious relationship where the partner is mm-hmm. very in tune right with the woman's body and what's happening in her mind yeah that's such a beautiful vision and I know we are talking about relationships today and you, that's one of the things one of the questions the guided questions you sent I call them guided questions you said mm-hmm. what is the key to a successful relationship so I'm wondering if that would be the one mm-hmm. of those keys <laughs>
2: I would say the most important thing is acceptance. Um acceptance of who you are and where you are on your personal path and who your partner is and where they are on their personal path. And I believe as long as both parties are actively working together toward personal growth and emotional maturity, there's a much higher success rate for the relationship. Mm. Um, But it can't be one party saying, no, you have to do this. We need therapy and the other one resisting, right? Or, Mm, you know, you you both have to want to be growing and Uh, maturing.
0: Yes, I love that. Maturity. That's a very interesting concept, which has to do with (laughs) evolving, right? Getting to know Mm -hmm. ourselves deeper. Shana, basically, that's how I put it. It's just being willing to see what's here at play. Wow, and, and that's not easy. I know it hasn't been easy yeah. for me and my partner and my husband. He he's doing the work now and he still creates resistance. It's not easy. So but I'm very patient. So I'm kind of I, a, <laughs> that,
2: it takes yeah. a lot of patience as yes, well.
0: Yes, acceptance
2: and patience for sure. Yes. And I would just add to that that you know, I believe we're brought into each other's lives to mm. trigger each other. To force us to look at our own insecurities, our jealousies, our character defects. Because the only way to heal those wounds that cause them is to face them. And if we don't heal the wounds, we'll just keep choosing partners who are easy and don't challenge us. And that makes it impossible to grow. So we have to do the work to heal the wounds that keep us subconsciously attracted to emotionally immature partners. That's one of you know, the pillars that I stand by is you're going to keep choosing emotionally immature partners until you heal the wounds that keep you subconsciously attracted to them it's it's not something that's on a conscious level so you can say to yourself all day long i don't want an emotionally immature partner i'm not looking for that but you have these these wounds inside of you that that that's just super appealing to and that needs to get healed. And that's a lot of self-reflection, a lot of time alone. I think that's a big thing in today's world. Like people just don't know how to spend time alone. We all want to be, you know, it's it's a natural, I think natural for humanity, right? To want to have a partner, and that's totally fine. But you're just going to keep choosing the same kind of partner if you don't take the time you need alone to heal.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's a very insightful and powerful message. A very true one. Yes. I guess the question that comes to mind is, because it has been my own experience, being in a relationship that I feel it is pushing me to grow. It has been the case. We've been together for how long now? Seven, eight years. But then it got to the point where I think I... Evolved enough to kind of want him to grow and be out of that immature kind of mindset or state that he is. So naturally, they have been inspiring him to grow mm-hmm. in a very kind <laughs> way. Sometimes not so kind. Mm-hmm. The truthful, I have to be true, and and it's not. Right. It's been hasn't been easy for him either, I'm sure. But he has. It seems like he's, he's saying yes to it. So I'm wonder. If this is the goal in a way, Shana, for us to grow together, or it's would be for me to grow and then leave the relationship and then be with somebody who is more mature, because that had been one of my doubts.
2: I mean, that's a, that's a decision only you can make, right? That That comes from your internal compass and no one can give you that answer. Unfortunately, I would love to have the answers as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: so true. And but, we all wanted the answer right from somebody else. Yeah, it's easier that yeah, way. I think hear. it's
2: a beautiful thing that if he's willing to do his own work on himself and grow for himself, like that, that's a beautiful sign of of maturity. And, mm, um, mm. you know, there's not a lot of of... I won't say men, I'll just say people. There's a lot of people out there that that will never get there, that may never get there. So hold on to that.
0: Uh, yeah, Them, it, that's the reason I stayed. I mean, we've been through lots mm-hmm. of challenging moments in this relationship and I chose to stay. So it, mm-hmm. that means something. So I feel like this is being guided, both of us. So, yeah, he's saying yes to, of course, it's slow and it's baby steps and all, which kind of frustrates me sometimes (laughs) because he wanted to go faster. But then I'm very patient Mm -hmm. and I have that quality. So I just kind of see what's happening and let him. It's an interesting dynamic because you don't want to play the mother role. And a lot of times I see myself doing that.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know it's 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 a question that we ask ourselves often when we're in a relationship right like are we growing apart am I growing too fast am I yeah. maybe the one that's not growing and mm. stay yeah um just where I am and and I would I don't know it's I would say that many people stay in the, spend their lives in the safe zone by simply not committing or choosing a partner that's Um, also emotionally immature. So there's no requirement to evolve, right? But it's unfortunate and it's a stagnant, lonely existence. You know, you can be in a relationship or be in a marriage and still feel so alone because you're the, the only one growing. But I'll also say that this is your life and you're only here to live your life. So if you're inspired to explore these parts about you and to go deeper within yourself and seek the answers that you're seeking go for it do it because this is your life at the end of the day no one else is going to do that for you and if he chooses not to or if your partner you know just just shuts down or they find that ridiculous or whatever the case I mean, those that will come up, right? You can't avoid that. That's going to be right there in front of you. And then you make a decision. But in the meantime, you focus on yourself.
0: Mm. Yes. Yeah. Beautifully said. I love everything you just said. It's so true. As long as he's growing, then there is a... It feels like that there's a reason to be here. Because that's what the calling is for me. Always to grow... In a sense of getting to that space, that state of peace, of inner peace, feeling most of the time calm, not having those triggers. I think that's what it is. But then again, it goes back to what you said earlier, the triggers, what's happening, it's happening for a reason. It's also part of that growth process. So everything's connected, interconnected. We can't separate. Yeah, Yeah
2: we can work on ourselves forever and we can be closed off to relationships in the name of healing forever right yes but the only yes. way to truly grow and mm. learn and practice what we have spent time working on mm. is to yes. actually be in a relationship <laughs> yes because you can't get triggered if there's no real emotional investment and mm. that's not going to help you grow at all yes so yes it's you know it can be a catch-22 or sound like a catch-22 it's like okay i've done all this healing, I've done all this growing. Now I'm ready, <laughs> and I'm gonna yeah. go find that guy, right? Yeah, but that's... you know, mm. we don't know what we're gonna get, and so you have to be. I, I always tell my single uh, clients, have those hard conversations early on before there's any feelings involved, and I'm talking like second date conversations, be honest. If you're dating for marriage and children one day, you need to say that. And if it scares them off, be grateful that you didn't spend months and months becoming emotionally attached to someone who doesn't want what you want.
0: That's true. Wow. That's a great suggestion. It's
2: difficult. (laughs) It's difficult when like the physical attraction is so intense. Um, It's it's harder, I think, to have those difficult conversations because you want to see where it's going to go right but but the more time you spend together the deeper the connection becomes and you've got to have those conversations
0: Mm, yes the connection or the attachment by shana you mentioned that before
2: right
0: talk to me about the difference (laughs) because that would be very useful for the audience and myself (laughs) (laughs)
2: um i think connection is more of a spiritual thing like you said earlier um it's It's when you're both on a personal journey um, separately, and then you join together and you explore healing healing in a way that only a relationship can bring healing, right? when you're when you're attached to someone, um, there's just no emotional safety there. It's being afraid of saying the wrong thing, or walking on eggshells but you feel this super strong hold to them from, for for a new num- number of reasons it doesn't mean that it's not love. I would never go so far as to say that there's no love there, but it's just not surrounded by safety, emotional safety. And you should never be afraid to say what's on your mind and to mm. talk about how you feel. Mm. And if if yeah. that is going to trigger anger or yeah. defensiveness or insecurity in your partner, then that's something that you really need to look at because you that that doesn't exist in a true connection.
0: Ah, uh, that's a big one, right? I love that you said that. Yes, yeah. He yes, a billion times to that, being able to say anything that you want to say without mm-hmm. the fear of being rejected or um, of being attacked, really, or abused. So yeah. yeah, the the rule that I follow it's always being true but kind at the same time. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. helps. It really helps. Well, yes, delivery right.
2: matters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I'm screaming yes. at you what my feelings are, well, then, you know, maybe I should <laughs> expect a super gentle response. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah.
2: So it takes maturity yeah. on both sides, mm, right? You know I mean, there, there's a way to deliver the message.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we have to add that there, my right, Shana. Yeah, that's has mm-hmm. been my experience. So another. You mentioned love. So I want to go back to something that you wrote. You say we either operate our lives from a place of fear or love. It alternates for for some based on where they are in their process of growth or journey in life. So that's an open question. It's the idea, the concept of love. How would you describe that? What is love to you?
2: Oh, that's a great question.
0: (laughs) It's a beautiful one, though. I love that this topic.
2: You know, this is something that has recently, very recently, come up for me. And I remember when I was a child, my mother had a plaque displayed in our home. And it had uh, a Bible verse in it. My mother is very religious. And, you know, so naturally, I resisted religion all of my life because of that. Um, as a a little rebel child, Um, (laughs) but it said, love is patient, love is kind, it Mm -hmm. does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, and is not self-seeking, and it is not easily angered, and keeps no record of wrongs, and I have really, really honed in on this in recent months, um, and thought about past relationships and thought about the obsession that I had, the addiction to that person that I had, the feeling of possession, the control, the lust, manipulation, jealousy, trauma bonding, all of these things. That's not love, right? Because it's not, it's not, you know, patient and kind and so that to me, I I reference that now, and I will always reference this now going forward. Like if I don't see these things, the patience and um, you know someone who keeps track of everything that you do wrong, that's not love. <laughs> There's just no way both can exist. Um, and I you know I would say. We operate exactly from a place of fear or love, and it can't be both. And the opposite of love is not hate, it's fear. It's important to know that. Mm.
0: Um, Wow. Yes. Wow. Beautiful. (laughs) What can I say? You paused me here without it's almost (laughs) like an interesting trigger of the heart (laughs) that you just pause. Hmm. Yes. A billion times to that truth of being kind and patient. Uh, and seeing others for what they are, where they are, you, you mm-hmm. actually say that too. Just being able to be mature enough to see that and, and not try to mm-hmm. force them into growth that they are not ready for. And even mm-hmm. as when something's beautiful as healing, I love the concept, the idea of healing. And as much as I love that, that you know, everyone around me would be healed, I cannot force that process. And I know that too. So... So your, yeah, your idea of love, it's, uh, it's just so beautiful and so true to me. Oh my God, Shauna, this has been amazing. (laughs) It just made, I love concepts, you know, and I love talking about these things because they, I mean, they matter. It really matters, doesn't it? Most of the time we live in our own kind of, um, it's not even the mental space, but there's a, in this world that is, um, I, call, I call consciousness or the awareness, mm-hmm. we're aware of these things. So a lot of times they don't really become, uh, let's say, part of our shared reality. But in a way, just by talking about it and experiencing it now, it already became a reality, like to me.
2: Right. Well, and it's always there. It's always, it exists for everyone. It's just people choose not to talk about it and... know I talk about it all day every day so to me it's no big deal right like this is what I do but you know (laughs) most people don't go through life having a daily conversation about feelings and emotions and relationships and all of these these different things and so it's it's not as easily accessible I guess
0: yes but it
2: exists for everyone
0: yes so that's yeah that's very reassuring to hear from you then that at least they are not talking, having a conversation about it, but they are probably thinking, contemplating or reflecting upon these mm-hmm. things. Another question I had for you is about the idea of becoming fearless because some people might think that it's love, either love or fear, one or the other. But the question is, do we become, are we to become fearless or only actually become more aware of legitimate fear? And what would that be?
2: I look at it differently. I look at it as... <laughs> being vulnerable I don't know that you're ever going to to reach a point in your life like where you're completely fearless I think a little bit of fear is healthy right um kind of like the child you know who knows that the that the iron is hot right like you need to have a little bit of fear in you but to become vulnerable is to truly open up and to speak your truth and to first learn what your truth is you know many people spend a lot of large portion of their life living the way that society tells them to live or that their parents have told them to live and families and friends and like that's that's not your true authentic self so if you can get to a place where you're being authentic and then become vulnerable enough to share that with whomever you deem Appropriate for you, um, that kind of naturally melts away your fear. Mm,
0: yes, yes, I I absolutely agree. So getting closer to our true selves, there will dispel a lot of that fear, which is not real anyway. Most of that is not real.
2: Right. Yeah, it's 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 ideas and things we have conjured up in our head that ninety percent of the time don't ever happen. Um, or don't exist or aren't real,
0: yes, and actually the giving attention to them, what I learned to do was not to give attention to to thoughts in general. I kind of let them pass through, just say mm-hmm. what they want to say it's mm-hmm. almost like uh, I don't know visitors I think Rumi had beautiful yeah. I forgot the house, the guest house I believe it is I'm not sure the the title of that poem, but it's Basically, he's saying that, that just let every feeling, any thought, just come in, come and go as a, as a guest in your mm-hmm. house. Don't hold down it's to like them. It's like a cloud. Yes.
2: You know, like the clouds, they come and they, they, sometimes they rain on you. Sometimes they shield the sun for you. Sometimes, you know, they're feelings, but they're going to pass the good and the bad oh, <laughs> and, yes. and you know i yes. i shouldn't even say i, I i'm very much <laughs> against using good and bad right now. And i'm more for healthy and unhealthy and you know your true self or not your true self i prefer to use those phrases because it's all
0: subjective, right? Yes, I like that better too, Shana. Right, healthy, unhealthy, <laughs> helpful, not helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, right. Uh, let me see. There's something that you wrote about intuition on Instagram. So I want to mention that you have a new Instagram account. The handle is here with Shana. So have that on your podcast notes as well. So you wrote, "Your intuition is the gift of divine protection. Trust it." Yeah, you know, talk to me about intuition. I think, I guess, the question, the first question is, what is intuition to you? But then, the the, the follow up question is, is intuition accessed after healing, or is healing a byproduct of listening to our intuition?
2: Well, I can speak from my own experience in that um, every time I've had a question in my mind or when my gut has told me. This doesn't feel right. I may not have been ready emotionally. I may not have been mature enough to accept what what my body was telling me. But in the end, because everything comes to light, right? Everything gets played out. And in the end, 100% of the time, it was accurate.
0: Mm,
2: Wow. (laughs) And so now, having had that experience, right? We have to, we can only... Our, our future is informed by our past. So I now remember, okay, something doesn't feel right. I have 57 or however many examples in my life where the last time I felt this way, I was right. It was right. It was leading me in the right direction. So now I know, stop, pause, the big pause, and and really process what it is that my body's trying to tell me your body's always talking to you, like whether you like it or not, it's always telling you something. And especially, you know, I, I'm not a man, so I could never speak to that. But as a woman, I know that my intuition is spot on. And I think the healing piece is trusting that and believing that there is something somewhere you know, guiding you, your inner compass or an external higher power, whatever you want to call it. There is something guiding you and you have to trust that because what else do you have? Mm. You'll just spend, spin your wheels and spend your time trying to figure something out and Mm. you already have the answer.
0: Mm. Yes. Uh, That's really wonderful to hear again. (laughs) To me, as the truth, we all have the answers, right? It's it's right here, mm-hmm. and I think the the challenge for most of us is to know the difference between belief systems, the beliefs that we hold, the values, and then sus- and then the collective, you know, influence on our thoughts and behaviors, in, intuition, how in our dreams, also in fantasies, delusions. How do we know the difference? You
2: know, I. I... A question that I, I think I sent you was what infer, informs our choices and partners. And this, your question reminds me of that. And it's, you know, our parents' relationships, our past relationships, movies, the lyrics and songs social media, everything we observe and consume, we have to be very careful because it all will, it will normalize certain actions or behaviors right? Like we'll begin to see, we see these things. A prime example is watching movies or TV series about infidelity. We see it and then we start looking for the signs in our relationships and it's inevitable. It's in our subconscious minds. Like we're not doing it intentionally. It's just happening because we've, we've, consume this information and we start second guessing things and we become suspicious even when there's no reason to be. And it starts to slowly eat away at trust and, and it constantly puts you on guard. And that's it. And it was all because of you, what you chose what we're choosing to consume. So
0: another, let me go through the guided questions. We're almost at the end. Sean. I just want to make sure I asked you all the questions. Oh, the other one was about why do we stay in relationships when we feel it isn't right any longer? That was one of the guided questions. I'm not sure if you answered that one throughout the conversation.
2: I, yeah, I think I kind of did. It's, you know, about the fear and the insecurities, really. Because if you know, if your gut is telling you and your heart is telling you that this isn't right for me anymore, the only thing that would make you stay is fear of something or, or insecurity of something. Otherwise, why? Why would you do that to yourself? So you know, and that's that's going to be different for different people. I know, like in my younger years, fear of financial insecurity was a huge thing, and I maybe stayed in relationships that i didn't that I knew weren't good for me anymore because of my financial fear. and you know, at the end of the day, they didn't work out because they weren't meant to work out and So we, we choose to stay places that, you know, out of fear is what I firmly believe.
0: Mm, Yes. Yeah. It's really sad though, that this has become um, a reality for a lot of us, especially women. Mm -hmm. I've been through that too myself. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes I see younger women and young girls, teenagers. I'm like, oh my God, please don't go through that. Don't do that. Don't make those (laughs) mistakes. (laughs) Yes, it's really sad to hear, um, just kind of somewhat res- retrospective, just kind of thinking about my own experience with that, staying in relationships because of financial insecurities, Th- fear because of fear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a sad one. So another question was, oh yeah, this one, how can we, how can you heal from emotional trauma when a relationship ends? Yeah, that's another oh. question you asked. Oh, I'm asking you as a guided question. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah it's about I, I guess I was talking about it earlier, like being we're brought about being brought into our each other's lives to heal triggers or to to heal the wounds that the triggers cause. And when a relationship ends, I personally feel like we should go inward um and look at our part, right. There's we there's always two sides. Well, I believe there's three sides to every story. There's my side. There's your side, and then there's the truth. Yes, (laughs) because we're we're (laughs) going to tell our side of the story through our lens and through our experience, Mm, and and all of it is valid. All of it is valid. Mm. There's nothing, you know, unless it's a flat out lie. Everything is valid. Yes. So it's important, I believe, to take time away from everyone um, an influence from friends or family or whomever and really get introspective and look at what was my part in this and can I see the relationship or the breakdown of the relationship through my ex-partner's eyes and how maybe can I learn from this there's always something to learn right no matter what there's always a lesson to be learned or there's always something to be gained from a negative experience um, and maybe it, you know, maybe it isn't a negative maybe the relationship ended because you both just realized like this just isn't for me anymore and that's a beautiful thing as well there's there's a reason for everything i believe and it may take time to get there to understand what the reason was um, i think Things are happening always, Um, you know, energetically things are happening, conversations are being had and, and we're not always privy to that. And so we're being guided, as you said before, we're always being guided to what is best for us. And it's, and it's up to us to listen to that guidance and to follow that intuition and to believe it and believe and trust in ourselves enough to make the decisions.
0: Mm, yes. Yeah. Self trust is a takes big one. Time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. It does, Shana. Yeah. It takes time to build the self trust, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, wow, this is uh, another beautiful concept and topic about not not having doubts. Kind of the antidote of doubts, my from my perspective, it is what he just said, self trust. That's trusting yourself mm-hmm. enough. Yes, enough. In in a sense, even if the relationship is not working, but you feel like you still, it's not the time to leave. There's something that tells you that, although mm-hmm. something else, everything that you see, it's clearly screaming that, that you should leave. But there is mm-hmm. something, that has been my case, but there's something that I can, a voice that I can hear clearly, not yet. And I trust, mm-hmm. I have been trusting that. Which now has evolved to something else, that more of that sense of freedom. And that became a lot more spacious in a way. Like, oh yeah, that's just, uh, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> being here, being elsewhere, <laughs> everything's the same. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's when that sense of freedom comes in and, and it changes everything, that perspective. Ah, so it has mm-hmm. been wonderful to talk to you, Shana. Thank you so much for the inspiration. You made me pause, Thank you too. made me reflect. <laughs> it has been beautiful. So let me ask you the ending questions. But before that, is there anything else that you left unsaid?
2: I don't think so. This has been amazing. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, my God. Thank you. There's something that I forgot to mention, but I wrote it down. It was about that. Something that I love in your website is really, I mean, I'm using throwing here the word love, but it's uh, I love concepts. (laughs) I guess I love candles (laughs) on your website to have the heal candle that got my attention. Oh, you yeah. have a website too, which I have here. I'll have on the podcast. Talk to me about that. The candle, the heel candle idea. Uh,
2: the heel candle idea came different to me during, in my last relationship. And I always wanted to have a business with my partner, you know, not where we're together 48 hours or 24 hours a day, but where we're working on a project together and where we can build something that would grow but I wanted it to be meaningful right and have um and maybe tie it to my practice and so that's where the heal candle came from and I you know I've been a health and wellness coach for 15 16 years now and in the last 2 years I've focused it more on emotional wellness and emotional healing and so that's you know where the heal Piece came from and I thought what a beautiful gift to give my clients because every client gets a candle and, and um you know it's it's a light you know you light the candle to help light your inner light to mm-hmm. help light be a guiding light for you yes um you know there's all different ways of looking at that but um I love candles. I Me think too. most of us do. Uh, yes. <laughs> and they're just yes. so healing in and of uh, themselves.
0: And, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where that came from. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so I, when I saw it, I, I said, I, I got to see this. I got to, actually, I got to get one. <laughs> I have so many candles in my house already. And I kind of alternate between candles and diffusers with essential oils. That's another mm-hmm. thing I really mm-hmm. like, which is similar. But yeah, the candles... They they are different, yeah. They do because the fire and uh, that light—it's different. Um, there's something about that them that the room comes alive. Something in us actually becomes more attentive to the moment. It's very a very interesting mm-hmm. experience. So yeah, helps you slow down. I think. <laughs> mm, yes, yes, yes. And I know you have it's available in different scents. I saw lavender. I love lavender sage, I believe. I don't have all of them in front of me. Those, but.
2: Those, yeah, those are all actually in, in the one candle. So oh, Seawater, um, sage, yeah, lavender, chamomile. Yeah. That's be- it's, it's wow. a beautiful. It's beautiful <laughs> yeah. candle.
0: Wow. I must have <laughs> one of those then. Okay, so I'll have the website here too for anyone listening to this. I'll have your website, shanad.com and also the Healcandle.com, both of them, and your Instagram handle as well. So, before we say goodbye for today, Shana, I have this ending question: What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die?
2: Love in all of its forms. I would say the gift of travel and experiencing other cultures and places, because I've learned a lot from that in my life. I've I've gotten So much inspiration from travel, and finding your faith, finding your spiritual faith, and connecting, connecting, yeah, connecting with your spiritual self.
0: Mm. Oh my God, I love that man. I love everything about it. Thank you so much (laughs) for sharing timeless wisdom. Wow, yeah, spiritual wisdom, healing wisdom and everything else in between. Thank you for being you, Shana. It's very much, it's needed. The presence alone, it's very much needed. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate you.
0: So I appreciate you very much too. I'm having my hand in my heart now. So mm-hmm. thank you so much again, <laughs> and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Take good care,
1: Shana. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Shanna D. and her work, please visit shannad.com and thehealcandle.com Instagram handle at Heal with Shanna.